0: Welcome to Speak Up Sister. We're your hosts, Jamie and Jody, and we are advocates for women of Christ discovering and using their voices. We're here to support you in speaking up and making vital contributions in your most crucial conversations. Come on in, take a
1: seat. You're in the right place. All right, so on to our episode for today, speaking up without using words. And this is a great topic because women often feel the need to over-explain. Yeah. This is just something that culturally we kind of reinforce in each other, Mm -hmm. and uh, um, we explain where we're coming from, all the different variables that apply, we give more context, we explain what we mean in two or three ways, and sometimes we explain to downplay our message or to buffer so that we get better results, and somewhere in there we think that this helps. Yeah. (laughs) We keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get a lot of personal satisfaction out of it.
0: Oh, sure. Right. There's a a lot of good that it does for our own uh, self-perception and our own feelings when we're doing lots of explaining. But we're going to talk a little bit more today about how that may end up
1: damaging what we're trying to accomplish here, which is genuine connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and... um, that's exactly it. We often give too much information because it comes from an honest attempt to connect. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes this is important. An explanation can go a really long way in creating connection. It can give the kind of information that lets others know that you respect them, that you want to be there for them, that you're aware of your behavior. Sure. You can do all sorts of things to to really nurture a connection. hmm
0: Yeah. But that—that's not what we're addressing today. Okay, we do understand that there are very appropriate times to explain Mm -hmm. our situations, but today we'd like to talk specifically about Mm -hmm. Um, over-explaining—the kind that says too much, uh, that diminishes our message. Yeah, here's a great example. I'm so sorry I'm late. I hardly got any sleep last night because I've been so stressed about this project. So I've been fighting a headache now this morning, and I had to deal with some drama at home and traffic and my kids. And now I'm just doing the best I can to meet our deadline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so this is the over-explaining that we're going to be talking about today. Um, and, and what this does is we're trying to just manage feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course we are. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. We're just we're having feelings. We're having feelings of fear,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, of guilt, of
1: self-doubt. Um, it, it's also a tactic that we use to cushion something that we worry might not be received very well. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and, it, and an interesting part of this is that that we can this can just flow out of us in our anxiety that it's not going to go over well, but but it can morph into an attempt to control others so that we get the responses we desire.
0: Oh, okay, now that's interesting. Let's let's delve, you know, let's tangent just a little bit. What what does this mean to
1: control others' responses to us? So what I mean by this is just doing all sorts of things on the front end to ensure to the greatest possible degree that we we will be met well mm-hmm. with what we're bringing, especially when it's something that we have a sense isn't going to go over very well. Sure. Okay. And so, so it does kind of uh, leak out in in ways that attempt to control. Yeah. Well, and I know how I feel
0: when I'm in a discussion where I feel like I'm there's an attempt to control my response. Oh. And mm-hmm. and even if it's not deep or malicious, Mm-mm. there are subtle things that kind of go on there when we can tell some things happening to maybe force me in a certain direction
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: yeah and sometimes I'll go there because I know that's where we're going (laughs) but I I do I can I pick up on it at least
1: oh yeah in fact Jamie the first time I ever even discovered that I did this was in an interaction with you and and I I didn't even discover it (laughs) at the time I was I was seeing a therapist and working through just a whole bunch of personal issues. And you and I had a conversation on the phone and then I, and it didn't go well. And so I went back to the therapist and I was like, what? I don't understand what happened. And I told her what happened. And she showed me how I was like doing all this dancing and over explaining to control all the variables. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, I do that all the time and my good sister was the first one to like hold up a mirror and be like this isn't working
0: <laughs> oh I don't even know what I did Jody. Gosh. oh you didn't
1: you weren't unkind but I could tell that it didn't go over well and it was mm-hmm. enough for me to start asking questions and go what what just happened because I thought I was being so helpful <laughs> right yeah yeah
0: interesting yeah it's interesting that that comes up well I mean it's it's for all of us and I I, I will add that I think my awareness of it comes from the fact that I was very good at doing this very thing myself too right so that's mm. it's just it was my own learning process and uh you know I have over explained plenty oh in course yeah. of my life yeah I so
1: I imagine most of us listening to this are going mm, yeah darn it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay so it usually backfires and um, like we've just mentioned, it can leave others feeling annoyed, impatient, sometimes even argumentative, and worst of all, with the impression that we lack confidence. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. it it can undermine our self-confidence, to not just be able to stand in our place and let it be what it is. Yeah, to do all this juggling and hustling to make sure everything, you know, turns out okay that sure that leaves us not recognizing that well it leaves us not confident
0: sure yeah yeah been there
1: okay now when
0: we are when we're over explaining we are often trying to do some specific things here and there's a couple of them that are worth clarifying because it will help us look at our reasoning behind all of this, you know, verbal, um, explanation. First of all, we, we try to justify that it's okay for us to have our own needs and women will do this more than men. Mm -hmm. Just as a, as a general rule, women will do this more than men to justify that their needs are important enough. And we do it through our words. We explain, 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 Um, men, again, as a general rule, and this isn't all men, but many, many men just just think I have a need. And that need is the justification in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, it also can reaffirm to us that we're still connected, that we're still accepted and that we still belong. Mm
1: -hmm. And this, so
0: particularly when we have something difficult to say to someone or something negative or, or or hard, or embarrassed, or whatever, we just bring some of that, and we want to reassure ourselves that this person is, they're still going to accept us, even though things haven't been perfect in this particular situation.
1: Yeah. Our culture has not done a good job of reinforcing us for having and expressing our needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, essentially, I mean, healthy boundaries like this haven't been modeled. Many of us haven't seen a lot of examples of what it looks like for somebody to just freely express, an, uh, for a woman to freely express a need and then just let it stand.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: well, and in some cases, these boundaries for many people have also um, been just denied directly or ignored hmm Mm-hmm. You know, so we get have many, many, many yep. women have grown up within patterns of, wait, I had a need, I expressed that need, or I had a boundary, and I expressed that boundary, mm-hmm. and it wasn't recognized. And so now I have to justify and justify right. and justify so that I will be heard and I will get my needs met or my boundaries respected. Yeah. This yeah. It's a real thing.
1: <laughs> it is a real thing. Uh, but so that's why we're... Giving it some airtime today. And we're going to jump into some really simple but beautiful examples from the scriptures, from the life of the Savior, uh, who we are emulating. And and he's great at this. (laughs) Yes, he is. Definitely not an over-explainer. No.
0: (laughs) No. Maybe that's what I need to do with my children. I am writing. I'm saying this once. It'll be written in a book. You want to go look look it up if you want to know what I have to say.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love it. So this
0: first one that we'll go into is in John chapter 1. And it starts in verse 37. And it says this. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, come and see. And they came and
1: saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. Mm -hmm. So something really important here is that Jesus wasn't going home. Mm -hmm. He didn't have his own place. And so I want you to put yourself in this position. That you've just moved and you don't have a place that you can call your own. And when you start to meet people, people that may even want to come and spend time with you, can you feel yourself wanting to justify your situation? Oh, yeah, you can totally come over, but I don't really have my own place. I'm kind of in a temporary position, but I'm about to have my own place or, or yeah. all of the other explanations that can come because... Somebody has just seen your reality.
0: But Jesus wasn't embarrassed by his situation. He wasn't afraid that it wouldn't work out, and he didn't feel guilty, like things would be better if he just had done something differently. Mm. He was homeless, and he didn't qualify his homelessness. He didn't allow it to keep him from fulfilling his purpose. And I think there's a lot that we can take from that, Mm -hmm. to look at some of the things that might tend to bring us worry or shame or self-doubt and see where we could just let that go and let that be our story for mm-hmm. today.
1: Yeah, which a lot of us are okay with our story as long as it stays, you know, behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. We don't need to overexplain explain to ourselves what what's going on in our world. But it's when others start to get a peek at it that we feel like... We have to justify and overexplain. explain Yeah. And as a side note,
0: and just from personal experience here, those justifications come very real. Sometimes we can tell when we're being judged for different things. Mm. And we feel. So I would suggest, too, that as we're trying and working through our own path of explaining, like not over-explaining, that we also look for ways that we cannot judge other people in their circumstances and let them also just be where they're at
1: Mm -hmm. right so
0: so this is a full circle here um we won't spend too much time on that that little tangent there but just as as a a reminder that there's two sides to this Mm -hmm. that as we're going to be brave and just show up where we are that we can also be compassionate and as other people showing up where they're at Mm. yeah i love it
1: thank you for that jamie Okay, our second example here is in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, and it starts in verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And they said unto him, Hearest thou what they say? So totally accusing. And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city.
0: (laughs) So, you know, here when Jesus is confronted, he doesn't argue. You know, he's not trying to cajole or convince. Mm. So if this was you and someone was being critical of something you said or did that you felt good about, how do you respond you know, when we see something contentious coming, we might try to soften our behavior or maybe play it down so this other guy doesn't get his feelings hurt or overexplain and attempt to control that outcome. But Jesus didn't do that.
1: Mm-mm. No, he is just perfectly brave and explains matter-of-factly and just he has the personal strength to be able to deal with whatever comes. I just love that about him over and over in every example. He doesn't try to soften his behavior with a big explanation so he can get a better response. He just lets his choice to heal stand for itself. And his, his fulfillment of the prophecy, he just lets it stand. And others will respond as they need to. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be, he's got to be in a good,
0: good place inside to do that regularly. Mm-hmm. And that's our challenge. Not all of us are there. And not all of us are, can just let things go. And we we still may find that there's some turmoil in the real time application of this. But hmm. But let's talk about that. You know, we could talk a little bit more right now about what it actually looks like as we're trying to do, go through this process.
1: Yeah. So this is definitely, like you said, Jamie, more complicated for us because not over explaining flows from a lot of, a lot of internal work, um, recognizing and honoring your needs, not entertaining guilt for doing what you know you need to do, not living in fear, uh, Having confidence in heavenly parents and our purpose and their support of our purpose. Um, all of that allows you us to make decisions and stand by them. So there's a lot here. Yeah, there is a lot.
0: There is a lot. But this can help us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, not over explaining can help us. I mean, we've talked a lot about getting clear. Mm-hmm. And this is a way that we do get clear on some things because we just stop the muddy. Right. That's what overexplaining is. It's a muddying up. Mm-hmm. So just not overexplaining in itself, like not saying too much, is in itself gonna help you in your process of getting clarity and and achieving, you know, a little bit more inside towards peace and and self-confidence and contentment there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can support yourself on this plat on this path in a very concrete way. And that is to say nothing initially. Right. And
1: this will feel really epic. It will feel (laughs) like you could hear a pin drop kind of deafening silence. Yeah, It'll take some getting used to. We're so used to filling the space. Yeah. Yeah. So. But let's hone in on a few common areas for where women over explain and we can kind of see how this can be applied. Sure. Okay, the first one um,
0: we can look at here is the the state of our our home, our car, uh, the size and beauty of it, or mm. the um, or the messiness, whatever. To the apologies, the explanations about I'm sorry for the mess, or I'm sorry, you know, or oh, we're just in this situation right now, or I, I need to explain. Um, So the question we suggest here that you could ask yourself is what would happen if you didn't apologize when someone came to your home, saw the mess, and you just didn't even acknowledge it the same way you do every day that you live there? Right. This is the choices you've made. Mm -hmm. This is your life right now. And this applies very specifically to those who have lots of people coming and going. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, whether those big or small people, when you live in a place with others, there's mess. Mm-hmm. What if you just invited someone in and focused on enjoying them and didn't apologize for your home? Yeah,
1: that's a great one. I'm just thinking about what you just asked, Jamie. We would really enjoy each other better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We well, would...
0: and we are giving other people a gift when they see our mess.
1: Oh, they... Yes, say more about
0: that. They get to just put down any pretenses they have about anything going on for them. Exactly. We get to just say, hey, my gift to you right now is that you get (laughs) to see this, and now let's just relate to each other in genuine ways.
1: Yeah, I've normalized all this stuff that we usually cover up like it's not a thing. Right. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Okay, another area where we tend to over-explain it has to do with our appearance. Yeah. Right? Our hair, mm-hmm. our clothes, what what we're wearing um our all sorts of life circumstances that contribute to why do we look the way we look in this moment?
0: Well, the weight gain, it's due because I'm taking these medications mm-hmm. or my stress levels have been this high. It, there's a lot that we do to to explain it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our feelings why about. this is how
1: I'm presenting yeah. in this moment mm-hmm. um so this happens to be an area that I bump up against a lot okay. and maybe note to self there's something here for me <laughs> but'll I'll come back to that later in my own life <laughs> um, but for right now I'm going to just share a couple of them the first one is that a few years ago I dressed up like an old lady for Halloween and so I went down to the secondhand store and I found the most perfect house dress, old lady <laughs> house dress. It was fantastic, light blue and had big obnoxious flowers on it. Um, and it had kind of one of those bib collars, um, snaps up the front, <laughs> huge long sleeve, like not long sleeves, like, like uh, elbow length sleeves, really wide anyway. Mm-hmm. Perfect American moo-moo. Yep. Um, it was a great costume. It, it went over really well. Um, but here's the thing. After that Halloween, I found myself uh, occasionally throwing it on again because it was so comfortable and it was so convenient. I could just, in one moment, be in my underwear and in the next moment be covered enough to go about the house and take care of what I needed to take care of. Sure. So it became a little more a part of my regular <laughs> wardrobe which is i it's didn't awesome. care right inside inside my own closed doors i didn't care mm-hmm. i was comfortable i was knocking stuff out no big deal but i felt very misunderstood the day that i was just carrying on like this in in my house my grandma house dress and i ran into uh, a woman who wasn't even my neighbor, um, I was taking the trash out the, by the side of my house. And on that side, there was a home that had been vacant for months and months and months. And so I felt for, perfectly confident marching out there in my grandma clothes. And I could get there through the backyard. <laughs> I was very strategic. Uh, anyway, so I get over to, to take the trash out. And there's a woman there who's taking care of some, some things at the house um, as it was being prepared to, to foreclose and be sold. And she wanted to engage me and have a conversation. And it was all I could do to not bring heinous amounts of attention to my attire. <laughs> I just wanted to see. oh, no, 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 this is a joke. It, <laughs> it was supposed to just be silly and fun. And this isn't the real me. But, I mean, truthfully, it was the real me. I had been wearing that secretly <laughs> inside my home. <laughs> okay. So that's a Which is thing. funny because obviously she didn't care because if she's continually engaging you, she's not
0: feeling awkward by she your wasn't. appearance and probably wasn't thinking about it other than, oh, hey, I caught somebody and I can talk to them about whatever. Yeah. You yeah, know, her focus point. is totally just on her, mm-hmm. her own agenda in her head, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and my chore in that moment was just to do whatever mental gymnastics it would take to just put me mm-hmm. down yeah. and not let it be a thing. Yeah. Um, but in the same spirit, I have a really great story about a time when I woke up, first thing in the morning when the sun was coming up and I went out and sat on a chair that's in the front of my house and it's a little bit concealed there's a column and some some shrubbery in the way and so I didn't um, I felt like I could still be a little bit um, it was I felt like it was still a bit of a private space first thing in the morning so I was in my pajamas hair completely undone morning breath all of it And I was just sitting out on a chair, enjoying the cool weather and some thoughts to myself. And a car drives by and stops and backs up. And the window comes down and a woman starts talking to me (laughs) from the car. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, so again, I'm I'm totally, I have everything I want to hide. This isn't how I usually look and, and, you know, but. I I am who I am, apparently. This is a pattern. Mm -hmm. So I walk out to the street because she's engaging me and we're having a conversation. And um, she's looking at purchasing the home or has just purchased the home down the street. And she had questions about the neighborhood and um, just a lot of things on her mind about this new step that her family was going to make coming in from another state. And uh, it was... So I didn't, I didn't direct any attention to my appearance. I just stayed with her in the conversation and it was, I don't know, um, probably a few months later when things had settled and her family had moved in that we had a chance to connect again and she just she just expressed such a deep gratitude for being able to have seen me that morning and had that conversation because it totally put her mind at ease about moving her family to that very street.
0: Wow. And you gave her permission that it wasn't yeah. going to be, you know, there's no
1: posturing here because obviously <laughs> we just sit out and whatever. Yeah. You know? There was something there that, that was everything she needed to feel an assurance about what was going on in her life. Yeah. And I had no idea. Sure. Um, but I am so grateful that I didn't hijack it with um or or diminish it with a bunch of superfluous worry about my appearance.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great story. It's just a great reminder yeah. that if we're tempted to over explain mm-hmm. about our appearance, we don't have to.
1: No. Yeah. You can genuinely say nothing about that and it can be just fine. Yeah.
0: I I am I. this is Jamie I'm blonde naturally and my eyelashes are blonde and so when I don't wear makeup I look different <laughs> and I've had a few times people running into people without my makeup on and almost inevitably somebody says to me oh you look tired oh. I just I'm not made up that's all <laughs> but hey you know I just every time I just have to own well this yeah. is my blondness and this is what I'm going to look like in the celestial kingdom so you got to get used to me somewhere <laughs> Oh, there'll like be a lot of glory. And- a lot of glory to compensate yeah. <laughs> for, for yeah, a few coming out of the eyelashes. Blonde eyebrows, <laughs> blinding people. Anyway, so yeah, our parents we are what we are. It's get to own yeah. it now and we get to just show up yeah. in the beautiful bodies that the Lord has given us. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna just be happy with however that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this takes us then to a third thing that I think is important to suggest here, um, as a um, as as something that women will overexplain a lot about, and that is being late. Um, this is so easy to overexplain and to say too much about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just give a quick example here. Uh, I married a man who is part Hawaiian. His mother is a Native Hawaiian, and his father's German. And the Hawaiian streak there is pretty strong when it comes to timeliness. You know, there's a, there's a generalization, eh, hey, Hawaiian time. You know, you oh, take yeah. your time and get there when you get there, which is nice in lots of ways. There, there isn't a lot of stigma around you just kind of showing up. But I, I do feel very important, like that, it, that it's important to respect others' time and, you know, to be places on time. And my husband and I, from the time that we were married— I had a big struggle back and mm-hmm. forth with this. Um, and so I spent a lot of time explaining myself to people why we were late. Mm. And, and I found myself often saying, Oh, my husband, he's just Oh, my husband and kind of placing blame and shifting. And years ago, I started realizing that. You know, I needed to, I, I hated the overexplaining. I, I hated that Part of myself, Mm -hmm. and then I needed to make some changes, and so I did. And and one of the one of the just simple changes I made was, we're just going to take two cars. We have two cars. We're going to take two cars. You come when you come, but I'm going to be on time. Hmm. And so, things started shifting. Right. And uh, over time, you know, my husband was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't want to go by myself, so I'll just be ready," (laughs) and and he was. So it's been years since I've had to take two cars to something, Mm -hmm. but to mitigate against these feelings or this tendency this desire to have to overexplain i had to change my own behavior yeah and I, and i want to say that this is years later now but my desire to explain is still very strong yeah it's still there yeah and i and it's even if it's especially if it's not me And I want to be able to say to people, the person that you're seeing right here or what you you think your experience is, this is not me.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I want you to experience the real me because if you did, then we would connect and you would love me and I would love you and you and I would feel good together. Mm. But because the person inside me is on time. That's who I am. Yeah. You know, I think my husband, honestly, the person inside him is is fine regardless of when he shows up yeah, like that's on time the, not on time he's, just whatever. Whatever. he's good yeah but, you know, he's been married to me for a while so now he's you know he's a more on time guy but just as a reminder too that as we even kind of shift in some of these things it is okay for for our current self to not always completely line up with our visionary self
1: yeah Oh, yeah, we have to be able to hold that on the daily.
0: And one of the ways that we hold that is by not explaining. Yes. And just using, like, speaking up without using words in this case. Mm -hmm. We're just going to, I'm just not going to say anything. And there are plenty of times that I would just have to say, I apologize for being late. And that's all I would say.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But I wasn't gonna go into why. I just knew that I needed to make some changes
1: in my own life if I didn't want to have to keep saying I'm sorry that I'm late. Right. Right. Yeah. Then you're 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 left with the simplicity of the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, and love I had that. to own
0: that, and mm-hmm. the pain or frustration or
1: difficulty of owning that helped provide a shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's a great example. Okay, let's address just one other thing we've talked about over explaining about the condition of our home or car, over explaining about our appearance, over explaining about being late, and lastly we women often overexplain when they're talking about doing something for themselves, taking care of their own needs. Yeah. So whatever that looks like, going to lunch with friends, sitting down and reading a book, I'm just sitting down, period, and not doing something. <laughs> oh, I love it, right? What, you're not, not a busy bee right now. Doing you're not something. accomplishing in this moment. Hey, yeah, it's there's okay. nothing to explain. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting off my feet. I love it, Jamie. Yeah, what if we just didn't say anything about that at all? Yeah. And just let it be.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll just add maybe one more common area for women to over-explain. And that is just their general, especially, and this is where I've seen in the church and in meetings, when we come in and we start explaining all the reasons that we haven't shown up the way we want to show up at the meeting in terms of what we were supposed to accomplish, um, the joking ways we talk about, oh, I just didn't do my ministering or I didn't get to this or I didn't reach Mm -hmm. out to this person. And it is deeply important at this stage of the church's evolution for us as women to be very clear about what we're, if we're not showing up, why that is in the church. Mm. And I say this because I, I just can't tell you the number of meetings I've been in even recently where we are sitting there and then the person runs in and just says, okay, well, this and this and this and all these reasons and all this stuff. And I want to say, if it's too much, if we're not able to do our ministry and we're not able to get the things done that are required for our callings, instead of making excuses, can we talk together about what's too much here? What's not working? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: That is an that is an excellent point. We need to have these conversations, sisters, and I feel deeply, and, and that's why I, I put all this effort and energy into this podcast that's just listened to, you know, by a few people, but I, I think we as sisters in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is on us to start saying some of these things. If we're feeling the need to explain, all of us need to be asking ourselves, why? Mm. If I'm constantly late, why? Hmm. Is there just too much going on? Where do I need to set back? Where do I need to reprioritize? Mm-hmm. You know, and this does go back to our earlier conversation about the internal work yeah. that, that we all need to do, but it's also in the church in supporting each other, maybe just opening up some of these questions. Are we taking on too much as as a presidency? Mm. Is there too much going on here as a... Um, as a committee, what, yeah. what are we applying our, our thing, you know, our time wisely in the most effective areas so that all of us don't feel like it's a constant need to justify.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's an excellent point. And we might need to do a whole future podcast about speaking up in ways that protect your personal resources. Sure. Sure. Um, so that you can be, so that you're out, you're, so that your external world is congruent with your internal world. Absolutely. And then inviting other people
0: to contribute to that. That it's not just us, you know, not just me saying, my my boundaries, my boundaries, but let's, let's protect our presidency from mm-hmm. distress. Mm-hmm. You know, let's protect each other yeah. together. Maybe even and the we, ward members. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't go off to- too much on that tangent, but something to think about in, in terms of where are you finding yourself
1: over explaining. Mm, I love it. I love it. Okay. Friends, uh, which of these resonated with you? Uh, tune in, tune in to the circumstances today and this time practice saying nothing. Practice not over explaining. Great. And we, we can assure you that you will find it very empowering to stand by your choice and just let your world be exactly what it is right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. You're choosing every moment right now where
0: you're putting your energy. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're all owning that. And our first step in owning that is we're not going to over-explain it. Right. And we're going to just trust that
1: showing up exactly how we are is enough today. Awesome, Jamie. Thank you. And friends, thank you for being here with us today. It's been great to have another conversation. Be back and rolling again in the fall. Uh, We would love to hear how this goes for you. So as you're practicing saying nothing, reach out to us and share with us. Find us on our website, speakupsister.net and leave leave us a comment there you can follow us on Instagram at speakupsisterpodcast you can send us an email at speakupsisterpodcast at gmail.com so reach out and get in touch we would love to connect with you as you're uh, building your skill base and practicing some of these excellent ways of, of becoming more like the savior
0: awesome yeah our love to all of you have a great week and speak up sister